Hi, welcome to the very first episode of The Worm. In this episode, I interviewed one of my friends, Jake Troxel. Jake and I met through a summer internship I did last summer in 2023, and he was working at the company at the time that I was working there, and we got put in the same room for three months, and we quickly found that we had a lot more to talk about than your typical office small talk, like the weather and what we did over the weekend. Jake is a youth motivational speaker and founder of Whole Student, a business dedicated to teaching high school-aged individuals to recognize their uniqueness as a virtue in order to find their authentic purpose in life. This was probably one of my favorite conversations I've had in a while. It's so clear that Jake is super passionate about Whole Student, and just listening to him talk about it makes me really excited to see where he goes with it. Enjoy the episode. Will you tell us where you're from, what you're doing with your life at this moment in time? I know there's a fly in here. It landed on my hand. It freaked me out. Yes. Um, (laughs) And then I have a fun question. All right. So where I'm from and what I'm doing with my life? Right now. And then comes the third fun question. Yeah. Um, So I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Can I... Can I explain how I got to here? Yeah, Or will you answer that later? No, you can. Okay. You can tell us. Um, So here is Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I graduated high school, so I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then graduated high school and community college like three hours away in western Pennsylvania for a year, and then I moved to Austin, Texas, and then, then I was there for a year. After, like I moved there to do film stuff, and then wasn't working the way that I thought it was going to work. So then I was like, I am just, just going to go work my way up in LA. So then I moved out to LA and I was in LA for two and a half, three years. And then I moved to Northern California um, to go to ministry school there. Mm-hmm. And I was there about a year and a half, I'd say maybe two years. And then I moved to Minnesota because I, when I was living in, or when I went to that ministry school, I met someone, and then they were from Minnesota, and I didn't want to do long distance, and so um, I moved to Minnesota, thinking we would be back to California really quickly. Didn't work out that way, um, and then uh, we broke up, and then I moved to Denver, Colorado, to get away from the cold that is Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then is Denver much warmer? Though? Yes, that's what. Really? It, yeah, it's shocking. I. I Everybody is surprised by it, mm-hmm. but Minnesota is so bad, yeah, so bad. Um, during the winters, it's so it's scary how bad it is. Um, we had like we had two days that it was colder there than it was in Antarctica. That's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, we had like I think two weeks in a row where it didn't get above single digits. Whoa. Um, yeah. So it's in the winters are much longer. They're probably like five to six months as mm-hmm. opposed to three to four and those the month to two months makes a big difference um and so i spent like three years ish two and a half three years in minnesota and then moved to denver to get away from the cold because it was too gnarly um and then only signed an 11th month lease in denver and then moved to um nashville once my lease was up the the lifestyle of Denver isn't isn't necessarily like my lifestyle, so yeah. After eleventh month, eleven months there, uh, 
eventually ended up here mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. What attracted you to Nashville? Uh, two big things. The first was the creative feel to the city. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I had visited, but knowing... You had never visited? No. Wow. Yeah. Oh my I, goodness. Um, <laughs> I, That's such a big leap. Yeah. It, I have... Any of the places I've lived, I don't think I've ever visited any of them. Wow. Yeah, so it's just, it's just like, all right, go. You just got lucky. Yeah. Wow. It's just, yeah. They just, I just make it work. You don't have a choice not to make it work mm-hmm. in terms of like. Yeah, well, once, you, yeah. <laughs> once you've signed a lease. Yeah, you're there for a year. Uh-huh. Um, and so at least for a year, you're like, all right, even if this ain't the greatest experience in the world, I'm going to still try to make it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- uh, yeah, not not visited, just came because the feel of the city, the creativity that, like when I when I picture, because I love L.A. for that reason. Like everybody there wants to, they have a passion in their life, and they want to actually see themselves living out that passion, mm-hmm. and I love that. So it's like there's constantly stuff going on in L.A. Super great, love it. And I wanted that, just not in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> so expensive. And one day, I'll have enough to make that do it plausible. But it's just like not at that point yet. So I was like, what other place could I do? And then again, like people come here for music, and I don't care what the creative median is. It's just as long as people. Are, are in a place and they're pursuing something their soul is on fire for it love it Mm -hmm. so much that's beautiful um yeah it it lights me up um that's what i live for so that and then the other big one was like my parents uh they're still in pennsylvania but then they got a retire their retirement home three years ago i would say Mm -hmm. um out in eastern tennessee and my mom really yeah uh there's a it's it's called Hampton, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. it's like 15 minutes from the border of I think North Carolina. I stayed there a few months before I moved here. Really cool. Mm-hmm. You got to see like the smoke in the mountains. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was really neat. Wow. Um, so they got the retirement home there, so they would like come down a few times a year, mm-hmm. and they were just like people in convenience stores want to have conversations with you. And I love conversations. Those are like my, those are my two jams right there. People being creative and conversations. Yeah. Um, so to answer the question where I'm from, um, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Pennsylvania and then all those other places. Uh, and then now in Nashville. And then. Uh, Wait, so another thing I'm wondering just about your life is where along your moving around in all these different places and wanting to work in film, did this change happen where you were LA. Like, okay. Yeah. And I was volunteering doing parking and I did a little hop one time and pointed and I saw some smiles on people's faces and I was like, Oh, that felt really good. And then I just like started to recognize that like, that's what it's about is making somebody else's life better. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it just like, I grew and I matured and I developed and I understood more of reality. Um, and so it was in LA that that shift really happened. 
and and I was I was always taught my my thing was my dad would always say if you do something you love you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. But that's not like the same thing as the love that I'm talking about. But the and and like growing up, um, yeah, like I don't know that that's just love is everything. Mm-hmm. It's um, the language of the universe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 so it all just boils down to that. Yeah. Um and it was I was able to realize that when I was doing parking. You never know you never know when you're going to be when you're gonna look into this world at something and realize that love is at the core of everything. What do I do right now mm-hmm. for my job slash living or whatever it may be? Yeah. Um so my big thing is uh, youth development is what I do. I presently work at Goodwill for this uh, summer program that we have called Power Youth, where we go out to the community here in Nashville, and then we ask uh, organizations or companies if they're willing to hire an intern, um, like a high school intern. Uh, they don't have to pay them. We pay them. Um, so the... The organizations slash companies, they're all kind of giving back, um, hosting this intern, and then just giving them a space where they can kind of explore whether or not this might be a career they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the high schools, and then we tell the high schoolers about the program and say, like, hey, yeah, over the summer, here, you can get a job. We have jobs at architecture firms, um, like medical places. There's lots of child care. Lots of child care. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's like... I want to say a quarter of what we have. Do they let the high schoolers like be hands on with children? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I guess, but then would you have to also do a bunch of like background checks and um, and like training and stuff? To our knowledge, no. Really? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's kind of scary. Yeah. They and we, but we haven't had any problems. Yeah. Like in two years, so this is the second summer that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, no problems whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like uh, only kids that apply to it they like you don't have to apply to those jobs because there's lots of other jobs so the kids that are applying are like ones that have either grown up with a little sibling where they're like oh yeah i nanny right now or okay in the future i want to do some nannying and this is a great way to gain exposure doing that and so um no problems like working with the young people any Mm -hmm. of our young people um, which is cool. Like one of our places I did a, a site visit at and it was, we had what, like I think 12 to 14 kids at that place. Mm-hmm. And then they were just like hanging out with the kids and I'm like, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's really cool. Uh, so that exists and that's what I do. But then I am in the process of kind of like shifting gears into doing my own thing which mm-hmm. is youth motivational speaking mm-hmm. um and talking about things that actually matter like a job matters um but how most people view a job is just this is this is what i have to do to survive in life mm-hmm. rather than this is the tangible expression of what i love in life and then getting rewarded for it because when when you when you're doing something that you actually love you're going to be good at it and yeah. then you're going to bring value to the world and then people will compensate you for that value. 
I honestly, I really think that in a lot of ways, LinkedIn is the most toxic mm. social media form, mm. especially at certain times of the year, mm. that being the beginning of summer. Mm. Like, uh, I, would, would, I would wonder what it would be like the difference between somebody who's in the professional world right now mm-hmm. versus someone who's trying to get into the professional world. Mm-hmm. Because I... I I actually literally had that thought, I think this past Wednesday, where they was like, this is not actually healthy, um, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, it, because it feels like everybody just trying to self-promote mm-hmm. and then just say, oh, this is this thing that I did. And yeah. if you need me in this work capacity here, you can reach me mm-hmm. this way. And I was like, oh, I don't know. This is maybe not so great. <laughs> um, I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really useful tool when you're applying to jobs Mm. and also to find people within your network. But then like when you're scrolling through and you're like, oh, so and so is at this crazy company and so and so is like off saving the world in this country. And then you're like, well, what do I have to show for myself? Yeah. But you lose sight of the fact that like Mm. everyone's just on their own path. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. So I have on the side, like my side hustle, uh, it's called Whole Student. And what I really want to do is just help young people see their worth and their value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, everything that you end up creating when it flows out of that place is so healthy and so good and benefits you and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to be able to communicate that with young people and just like share with them the that they are good and that this world's actually good because I, I think a lot of young people are just like hopeless about life totally and and I, and I think um and this is where I'm not I don't watch the news and I and I purposely do it because I get I get the information I need to to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. but whenever you take whenever you take what has happened and you put your opinion into it it gets really unhealthy mm-hmm. because most people are like side or driven by whatever side, not not in a political way, but just like, well, I think the Beatles are the best band ever, and somebody over here is like, well, I think you two is the best band ever. So then you're gonna like be drawn towards explaining a fact through that lens, mm-hmm. um, and that's just like what news does. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to stay away from that, um, and so. It is helping young people um, understand that their their future is good, and then they can like actually design what that looks like. Um, there's Buckminster Fuller said, uh, "We are to be architects of our future, not its victims." Um, which I think he's actually I think he is an architect. That's amazing. Um, I know. Look at this. <laughs> um, you fact checked me on that because um, I could be wrong. He, okay. No, I think he might have dabbled in architecture, but I think he was a futurist. I think that's what he was. Now that I'm thinking okay. about it. Well, um, I'll 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 look him up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he's a very uh, could see things before they would happen, like see where society was going before it oh, kind okay. of got there. Cool. Person. Um, but yeah, it's like designing your future without being afraid that your future won't be good 
and introducing that concept to young people. What does that look like when you when you do you do it at high schools? Yeah. So this is this is how I choose to explain it um, when it, when I'm relaying it to what makes it impactful. Like in high school, young people, what they get told is like figure out how to do this equation or figure out when this event happened. Mm-hmm. Think about where you need to go to school. Whatever it may be, there's like a right answer to everything. Yeah. Like there's it's crazy. I like I will talk mm-hmm. with young people and just ask them a question and it's almost like, "Oh, you're asking me a question so that I can come up with the right answer." And I'm like, "I don't care That's what the so right answer is. I just want to hear what you have to say yeah. on this situation." But then they've been just trained to let me find the right answer mm-hmm. and not just speak freely. And that is something that I, I really want to help them understand. And so whenever I go to a, a school to speak, it's I speak to the soul of who, of who a human being is. Mm-hmm. And then whenever your soul doesn't get spoken to, it just like, you can imagine it as if it's walking through a desert and then there's no water, mm-hmm. like there's no food, there's no shade maybe every few miles, hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the extremes of like, oh, it's really hot and really cold in a desert. You have both and it's just a miserable experience. But when you speak to someone's soul when they're going through that, it's like giving them a glass of water or a nice salad. Mm-hmm. Um or giving them like a hut to rest in for the evening. So are you saying that high school, are you comparing the desert to the experience of being high school aged or just in general? Just in general. Just it's when you're in high school, you think that there could be this world in which a wonderful future could happen. Mm-hmm. And then you get out of college and you're out of college for a few years and you're just like, I quit. Mm-hmm. Like. It's just not going to happen. I'm just going to settle. I had When I was younger, I had all these dreams and hopes and whatever it may be. And then you just realize, oh, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, okay, well, at least I got a job. I'm comfortable. I can go through the motions and not like upset anyone or anything. And so I'm comparing the desert to the human experience. Mm-hmm. of not being spoken to your soul. It's just in high school, you're more aware of it because you're like... Do you think you're more aware? I don't know because I think when you're in high school and a life in your daily life, it feels like a desert, you don't know the difference. You don't know what it feels like for your soul to be spoken to because yes. you haven't you haven't come to that place of really like identifying who you are apart from the crowd. Yes. We're even beginning to explore it. Yeah. Which that's why I think they're more aware of it because they're like not aware of it is in like a conscious way mm-hmm. in more of a this is the reality that I live in. Whereas when you get older, you have some moments of where reality has been a little bit better or a little okay. bit more fulfilling or thrilling mm-hmm. than that state. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, well, this is just like feels like a struggle all of the time being a high schooler like and then that's again something else that I really want to talk to them about is like 
you there's just so many huge instrumental things that when you're in high school you're like coming to grips with you're like who Mm -hmm. am i as a human being where do i belong and then you're like recognizing oh there's a there's going to be a future to my life what is that going to look like Mm -hmm. and so those three really big concepts start to get introduced to you and you're just stepping away from your parents and realizing you're your own person and then and then you just like open up the doors and you're like, whoa, that's what the world looks like. Mm-hmm. What what am I doing? Yeah. And that's like <laughs> that is so daunting and, yeah. and helping them recognize a they're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then B that there's a there's like hope in that process. Mm-hmm. It's not opening up the, the 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 windows for the first time and seeing all the grandness of life and feel like it's too big for you. But just like being able to look at everything that's around you and realize how it's all there, not directly as an opportunity, but it's there to help you realize what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And young people just don't get told that. And I mean, yeah. adults don't either, but it's like young people just that's where my heart is, yeah. is like communicating that with high schoolers. Mm-hmm. I think if I... If I had had that when I was in high school, that would have made me feel so seen. Mm, wow. Yeah, because I don't think I became aware of what it felt like to have like a really profound connection with another person, just mm. like on even like a friendship level mm. or having like a conversation that spoke to my soul mm. until I got to college. When you, how many high schools have you spoken at with um, this? Not not a bunch. So this is like my my thing that I'm trying to like work on developing. Um, it's it's only been like a handful, um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just like it's usually just been in like a classroom setting. Okay. Um, how do you how do you get invited into these spaces? Those, uh, that's what I've been trying to figure out. Uh-huh. Um, and that, but that's actually why I took this job that I have right now is because I knew that we'd be going to schools and stuff. Oh, okay. That and I was sense. like, oh, yeah, I can, get into, I can get to know, like, counselors and the important people that can make the decision for you to come in mm-hmm. and talk to the to the young people. Because counselors, from my experience, they're – what they would prefer to do is help some – like, actually help someone and not just give them college information, which yeah. counselors, from my experience – has been well we did like kids go to them just like well what 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 is college like what what do i do how do i take my next steps and that's what that's what the resources expected in counselors mm-hmm. and they 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 fill that because it's like expected of them but i i would most of them if if like they were given a chance of like oh helping out with college or actually helping them as a human being mm-hmm. They would help them as a human being. So at these schools, they have a counselor who is both uh, like a mental health counselor and a college counselor in one. They're starting. Well, the mental health isn't that's starting to change mm-hmm. where that's starting to become something that's like important. But for a long time, there wasn't a distinction of the two. Wow. Yeah, it was just. Um, oh, I go to my I go to my school counselor, like counselor in any context outside of the school is always, I'm going there to speak about like what's going on inside of me, like Mm -hmm. a therapist. Mm -hmm. But then within the context of school, it is someone that just does college stuff. Um, You can, you can, you can help out with other stuff, but you have like 
a uh uh what what school was I at? They only had like four counselors and I think like twelve hundred students. So you have like a three hundred person workload. Wow. That even if you wanted to like spend an hour just talking with a kid, it, it takes you three hundred hours to just spend one hour with each of the kids on your workload. And then you have to like what three hundred so forty hours it's like almost 10 weeks. I think it's maybe like, let's just say 10 weeks. That's mm-hmm. 10 weeks. And you have 40 weeks of school. You'd only able to get like each kid once. It's like, okay, well, what what's the bigger need? Oh, more kids are going to college. So even if I can't do the thing that I necessarily want to do, I can still meet a need. Mm-hmm. And then then comes in the college stuff. And then, and then there's such a big push in high schools for college. So then it's like, well, that's, a, an expectation that will be put on you as a counselor mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah we just want you to get them into college like wow. that's going to be a big part i know it's uh it's not my favorite um but that's it's fine that's just the way that it is and then um whenever i kind of explain what i do then there's some i just thought of this the other day and i had this realization it was really helpful um I, like this this past week, I reached out to a, a bunch of people. They're just like through volunteer organizations that do mentoring stuff. Okay. And I was like, oh yeah, let me just like connect with them, see if there's any opportunities where I could go in and talk with groups of students. And I was like, anytime that I'd reach out, I want to hear back in some capacities. Yeah. And I just had this thought that I need to convince everyone that what I'm doing has value. And I realized... My goal isn't to get everyone to believe in what I'm doing is good. Mm-hmm. I just need to find the right one mm-hmm. that will like Absolutely. get me through into where I kind of want to go. And that was like really freeing because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the, well, the, is there it the will, fly? I know. <laughs> um, I can get it keeps flying around my face. I'm like, what if it goes in my mouth? I know. I'm thinking that too. Like right as I'm talking. Okay, wait. So along that point, mm-hmm. you you just need somebody who recognizes the value in what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what you need. So I did look at your LinkedIn. Oh, yes. And something that you that you write about that's a big part of this whole student. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? An enterprise? An entity? Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. Um, a big part of that is teaching high schoolers emotional intelligence. Well, this is, this is how I look at it. Um, so I, I imagine most, so everybody has their own experience of life, Mm -hmm. um, and other people can sway our own experiences, uh, to a degree, but we're ultimately the ones that that are agreeing with being swayed to and fro. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I look at myself as just I lay this little breadcrumb and then somebody else comes and lays a breadcrumb and then somebody else comes and lays a breadcrumb. Mine just might be introducing them to the the the, the one time in their life that they might have felt um, not trapped in hopelessness, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And they're like, oh, I don't even know what that was, but I felt it. Um, mm-hmm. it's like Disney movies there. You don't know what makes a 
Disney movie so good until you're aware of what it's so why it's so good, but you can still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that to where. Um, so I used to be horrible at communicating. Mm-hmm. I used to I, most people. I feel like when you're younger, you don't have any desire whatsoever to be good at communicating. You, every other words like um, uh, I, I, um, that kind of communication. Yeah. And then you're not even like digging through concepts, so you don't have words to put with ideas to then use to share with other people. But I have worked so hard at communicating to where I feel like I'm really good at it that I can communicate in such a way to those people that don't know what it's like to have words for things I will create an experience for you okay like that's so important yeah yeah there's nothing on planet earth more powerful than a human being it's Mm -hmm. like when you encounter um I want to say this right now because we haven't had a solid one um, in a little bit, uh, like a president, the the aura that they have, mm-hmm. you're just like, whoa, um, there's something different mm-hmm. about that. That that's you can create that just by being the most authentic, real version of yourself. And whenever it's it's rooted in a place of love, then that's what they're encountering mm-hmm. above all else is this this authentic expression of a human being with the intent of love being known and it's like then they're like oh yes and then they're they might not be able to put any words to it they they but they feel it they feel it and that's so many people don't get a chance to actually feel that and that's what i love to introduce and want to introduce probably like more than anything else to high schoolers Mm -hmm. is that so that they can like um oh that's good i want to be to what covid was to you i want to be that for other people's opportunity to explore into their own selves Mm -hmm. you want to be the catalyst yeah exactly yeah yeah so where long term where do you see this going how do you see it evolving um i don't see it as a program because i hate programs anything that takes the human out of the equation and the focus becomes doing these um workbooks and worksheets and procedures even though they're good it's just something you have it becomes to do like school exactly and then they'll look for what's the right answer and exactly yeah um and so i don't i don't want to do that my my ideal and I don't think I've actually thought about that, which is crazy because I was just <laughs> having a conversation with a friend of mine and asked him this question last night mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, because he, he's doing music stuff. And he just hired some people out to help him with like branding stuff. And I asked him, OK, well, where do you want to end up? Like, what is your end goal look like? And he's like, I just want to do touring like that. He does EDM at least right now. Um, he does EDM. He might do like some like tweaks to really hone in on his style. Um, but I asked him that question and I don't know for me, like what I want whole student to turn into, like what I want is just to be able to communicate to schools 
and like big groups of students in those schools Mm -hmm. and that's like my ideal scenario so in the future that's what i wanted to look like um beyond that i don't have anything concrete Mm -hmm. uh workshops like workshops are cool um and one-on-ones are cool but they're i just think so many young people just haven't been introduced to the concept of understanding their worth and their value Mm -hmm. like us like um and if they have it's usually like i get my i get my worth and my value from how i appear to this world and that's like you don't get your worth and your value from this world it comes internally yeah and it's kind of like self-care like self-care how a lot of people think is i'm just gonna go to the spa today um i'm gonna get my nails done um whatever it may be but self-care is actually like managing yourself Mm -hmm. and and like if you're if you were in a relationship with someone how would you convey to that other person that you care about them and you would be like oh well i would i'd write them notes um i'd get dinner ready for them um i do things for them Mm -hmm. and it's like that's what self-care actually is but then it's taken into this place and and just like all the surfacey comfortable stuff gets introduced that most of the time that's what what they don't get introduced to the depths Mm -hmm. in which i just want them to be aware of that's where you like need to be like there's the maslow's hierarchy of needs is that what it is i think so i think so um i haven't like thought too much on this but i almost like i almost want to say like it should be inverted because if you were to live your entire like you're not living if you're just going through the motions your mm-hmm. entire life. I love that idea of, of inverting it because it's on the base. It's like food and shelter. Yeah. Right? And then it's like strong relationships and then it's self-actualization. Yeah. At the top. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. You're so right. And if you if you don't know who you are and you're just going through the motions, you're living life in like black and white. Yeah. You're a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is not a fun way to live. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, so that's kind of, uh, if I were to fast forward, what I want to be doing is just communicating with young people. And mm-hmm. just like it's being someone in their life that is, is in their space and is just a little ray of love and of hope and someone who's like, oh, this guy, like, he's... Because I, I, I will tell young people when it, when I feel like it's an appropriate time mm-hmm. to like share this with them, I'll be like... I am here just because this is what I'm choosing to do. This isn't a job for me. This is like what my heart is on fire to do is to tell young people that you're loved, that you're seen, that you're known, that you're cared for. Mm-hmm. And then and then help them how to figure out how to foster that within themselves. And so I just wanted to be able to communicate that with as many young people as I can. Yeah. It's like the whole goal of whole student so you want to be like a a mentor figure but on like a mass scale yeah yeah i want some this is like this is um this is a hope that i believe will come about indirectly but um 
you don't make money serving other people. Like, uh, like there's tons of money in banking and literally all that's happening is numbers going from one place to another. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're someone like a teacher or doing something like hospice, uh, or, uh, really little childcare, Mm -hmm. there's like no money in it. And and I want to see a world that what is of highest priority uh, is people serving people. We never answered the fun question. Oh, yeah. Or we never did the fun question. What's your favorite beverage? I think I'm drinking it. A monster yes. energy drink? Oh, my Jake. gosh. I know. Those are so bad I for you. Know. I know. I, <laughs> I, I was like, I remember uh, making this comment years ago. Like, I wish air tasted like monster it's so <laughs> what does good. it taste like i've never had you know it. this um do you want it? no i know i know <laughs> um, i might have a heart attack <laughs> um it it tastes so it doesn't it, it doesn't taste directly like this but it i would say for someone to be able to put it to another maybe idea of something they've tried in the past um, Jolly Ranchers, Green Apple Jolly Ranchers. I would say it has a mm-hmm. similar feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just phenomenal. Okay, so that and then my other other one that I love, uh, Thai iced tea. Thai, what is that? Oh, it's so good. Is that like a branded drink or like a concept drink? Concept drink. Okay. Um, if you go get Thai food, mm-hmm. like next time you go get Thai food, um, we'll look up to make sure that the place actually sells good Thai tea. Um, okay. cause I mean, it's not hard to make, but there's some places where it just is like mid and it's not actually good. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't get it when it's, if it's actually good, it might be like a turnoff for the rest of ever. Mm. But it's, um, I think there's a little bit of variation how they do it. And it's the, whatever their base tea is, um, there's some sugar in there. And then there is evaporated milk and then condensed milk. Mm. And so it's this. So it's like a sweet drink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's got that like uh, like a tea latte. Mm-hmm. Not hot, of course. Um, it's just so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. To wrap us up, what is something that you want everybody who listens to this to take away from anything we've talked about today? Um. You have homework to do, everybody that listens. You are going to take a post-it note, um, and you're going to put this on your mirror at home, and it's going to be, I am seen, known, and heard. And you can add loved if you want, um, but I feel like those encompass what it is to be loved. I just want, I, I, I had a touch with love, and was like, this is the purpose of everything. It is mm-hmm. to know that you're loved and allow that love that fully and like rests within you to like out overflow and pour into the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. That um, I would just want everybody that listens to just know that they're loved. Yeah. Even flaw like, and not loved because they've done something or they're going to do something, mm-hmm. but just like this simple fact that you're a human being, that you're loved unconditionally through and through. Mm-hmm. Like that that's it. And if, if it just you can direct your attention towards the fact 
that you're loved, it will transform your life. Absolutely. So, yeah. And also, do, putting stuff on your mirror is so powerful. Yeah, I know. Because then when you, even if you don't believe it, you say it, and then it becomes true yep. in your mind. And yep. then it becomes true in your reality. Yeah. It all starts up in the mind. Absolutely. Um, and in the heart and in the soul. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So. Cool. So that was be seen. I am seen. I am known. I am heard. Yes. Was that the right order? Yeah. I'm seen, known, and heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that equals I am loved. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my, I, I got changed, like I said, with that brush of love. So then I just subconsciously, that is what pushes me forward. The reason I want to talk to high schoolers is because I want a younger group of human beings to know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like in my conversations that I have with people, like that's what's driving it forward. I have to put up with the like surface level stuff sometimes to like l- let somebody um, bring down their walls mm-hmm. and actually talk about real things. Mm-hmm. But the, the hope is that I, like, I just want you to know that you're loved. Um, so it's always to get there. Like mm-hmm. that, that's that like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anybody listens to this and they want someone that talks to high schoolers to come in, yeah. I will come. Do you do you go to private schools or just public schools? Um, I'll go anywhere, mm-hmm. but my 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 heart is biggest towards public schools because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I I went to I actually went to a private school in in elementary school and then a a public school in middle and high school, and I hated private school. But it but you it's just so hard to not feel like a number. Mm-hmm. Like, like really being put on the conveyor belt yeah. is what public school feels like. It's just like even the teachers, they, it's so tough being a teacher. I mean, I don't know because I haven't experienced, but n- not even just like the actual work that you do, but the, the desire that you don't get fulfilled to actually help the kids. Yeah. Like, that's got to be so tough. Just mm-hmm. because, again, you have, like, 120 kids. You're just like, I can't work with them all in the capacity of, like, a one-on-one or helping them really develop and grow. And it's mm-hmm. like you're teaching this uh, curriculum and this topic, and you have to, like, really stay on that because grades are how you get funding. So there's so many different – un um, they just turn you – turn it into a machine and then you into a number and it's just uh i know really well what that experience is like so my heart is really with public schools mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, i'll do i'll do anywhere like i went and talked to the youth group uh, one time and that did not go super great really why yeah. um I wasn't like directly told, but one of the like in hindsight, looking at something that what it because my my belief. So I believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. but so Jesus says this one thing. He's like, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," and I believe that, and I believe that human beings are always in pursuit of truth, so they will eventually get to that place. I don't need to be the one who's like, because this is what Christianity, I think, is like not done super great is like believe what i believe believe what i believe Mm -hmm. believe what i believe and i think i think what would be more beautiful is if people experienced what it is that we believe 
which is the unconditional love of God. Mm-hmm. They that's what they experience, not the belief that Jesus saved this world. Yeah. Um. So I I am just like, I make it all about someone going on their own journey, and then in your journey you'll eventually have find out who Jesus is. This is my philosophy. And this one exercise that I did, I think, was not taken. The the contact, like the the way they viewed it, was probably taken a little bit different than how I was intending it to be oh, taken. Oh, really? Yeah, tis my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to be in a church talking about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to like just go talk to people that don't get to experience um, unconditional love mm-hmm. out in the world. Yeah. So. That's where that's where I really um, I just want to go to people. I don't mm-hmm. want to have the like have people come to me. I'm like I want to go meet you where you're at because mm-hmm. um, that that's what love does. Love doesn't say okay, work your way to me. It says I'm going to do everything that I can do to get to you, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I want to live life. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see how how it yeah. progresses. You and I both. Yeah. Well, that should be a good place to wrap up. Right? Yeah, totally. Good. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> All Alrighty. Bye, see everyone. Y'all. Bye.